these things around the life energy circle, like feeling safe and feeling loved, I call these inside jobs, basically, that, that we have to take care of. And ultimately, we find a way to make ourselves feel safe. And just like we scooped up our little selves and gave ourselves unconditional love, I think we can scoop up our little selves and give ourselves safety as well. There are ways in which we can find safety in the midst of all kinds of chaos. And I think that's really key because when you when you come to this place of spiritual alignment, a greater sense of purpose, what I call this energetic alignment with the universe, and you have a sense of a purpose and a sense of being worthy and a sense of feeling loved and being safe and having good relationships and these kinds of things, then all of a sudden that becomes really the foundation upon which great health and longevity is built because now you have purpose and now you're not destroying yourself with anxiety and depression and addictions and behaviors that are you know destructive to everything girl you've got questions questions about your body and how to feel good in it about your hormones and how to keep them in check questions about your sex life and your whole health can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Living a long, healthy life is key. And the key word here is healthy. At the end of our days, we want to have loved, laughed, shared, given, and received, and felt so much joy in our life and our relationships. When we hurt, when we don't feel good, when we don't have our health, as a very old Middle Eastern saying goes, when you don't have your health, when you have your, let's start this way, when you have your health, you have a thousand wishes. When you don't have your health, you have but one, and that is to have your health. And this is so true. One thing that I've definitely recognized over the past few uh, weeks is I was doing, I was out, you know, at a conference and I went to the conference gym and they had, or the hotel gym and they had heavier weights than I use. So I'm like, oh, let me just max my weight load and see how much I can lift. Uh-huh. You can guess what happened next. I, I thought I pulled my bicep muscle. So I picked up this heavy uh, weight and I started to do bicep curls with it. I don't know, maybe it was 25 pounds. It was really heavy to me. And so I started to try to do these bicep curls and I, I pulled, I pulled a muscle and strained my shoulder, my shoulder, an old, an old boxing injury, believe it or not, in my shoulder. And it still hurts. And what you recognize is that like, I, I'm so reminded that of this pain throughout the day when I just try to lift my hands up over my head or I roll over in bed or I try to strap on my bra strap, right? To clasp my bra strap. Things that we do on a regular basis that we take you know, for granted, all of a sudden I'm very, very aware of. And this is true, this is true when we have pain, when we have inflammation, we don't know, like we're not feeling our best. Now I've been in age management medicine, anti-aging medicine, functional medicine for years. I really started in this journey in early 2000, just out of, I finished um, 
OBGYN residency in 1999. And I recognized very early that we really didn't have so many good options for the second half of our life, which we can live like another 50 years once we hit 50. So what's happening during the second half of our lives? And how are we optimizing our health? And I really started looking at addressing inflammation, hormone imbalance, and adrenal dysfunction. When we address these three things, we really come a long way to improving our physiology. And other physicians like myself, and even before me, have recognized the importance of addressing these issues when it comes to longevity medicine. And today I'm going to introduce a prior guest who's been on my girlfriend, Dr. Show, uh, or I think he was on it early in January or February to 2021. And I want to talk about, and we're going to talk about longevity. So get out a pen and a paper, make notes, and be sure that you can take some notes on this. I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Jeffrey Gladden. He began his career as an interventional cardiologist in Dallas, Texas. He had a passion to bring cutting edge cardiology services to people in outlying areas. And to that end, he built his own heart group and eventually had 10 offices and 12 physicians servicing numerous communities in North Texas and Southeast Oklahoma. He started cardiac catheterizations lab, rapid response heart attack programs, heart arrhythmia programs, and congestive heart failure programs for all these outlining communities and hospitals. So he was a trailblazer in this area doing interventional cardiology. And then he realized he came face to face with his own mortality in his 50s and went through a two-year journey to crack the code on himself. This came with new realizations and new questions to drive his new consuming passion. He left his cardiology group and through the years developed what has now evolved into Gladden Longevity, a clinic and research center for life energy, health, longevity, and performance optimization. So this is where he has really been working to make make 100 the new 30 and to live our best lives. So he has a new book coming out called Making 100 the New 30, and he is passionate about sharing this. So I've got a bunch of questions for him. We're going to talk about longevity and aging and the way to hack it and do it right. So here we go. Let me introduce you. Welcome, Jeff, to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. It is great to have you back on. I, I know that when we interviewed you at, in the studio for the Girlfriend Doctor Show back it was 2021, early 2021, we were really at the outset of the pandemic and we only had a few minutes and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has so much to give and to share. And especially with your history of being a cardiologist and interventional cardiology. So I'm glad to have you back here. Yeah, great. And it's great to be back. You know, we've come a long way since the early days of COVID. So it's uh, glad we've moved beyond that as a, you know, as a world, so to speak. But uh, yeah, there's been a lot of progress in the whole field of aging, anti-aging, turning back the clock. So it's been exciting times. Yeah. And I think that's when one of the things the pandemic really put us in the face of is our mortality mm -hmm. and how resilient are we actually? How healthy is our immune system and how that relates to aging well, right? It, you know, I shared in my intro of you that the, the old saying that when you have your health, you have a thousand wishes. When you don't have your health, you have but one. That's that right. To have your health. And so with this, you know, with what we saw with 
the people at most at risk for dying with COVID and during the pandemic are all attributed to, or many majority attributed to, unhealthy me metabolism. Yeah, unhealthy metabolism, weakened immune systems, and even the younger people that died, many of them had issues that had gone unrecognized previously, quite honestly. It's fascinating to us now, you know, COVID is still around, right? And so we have clients that get COVID periodically, and we can, you know, nobody's going to the hospital anymore, that kind of thing. It's uh, really devolved down into a more routine illness, if you will. And there are things that we did before that we're still doing that help people navigate COVID. But what's interesting is that what we're seeing is how much COVID ages people and also how much the vaccines age people and the boosters are aging people. And it's really quite fascinating because we have this whole scenario out there where people are talking about what well, you need to get your booster, you need to get your booster. Well, you're, why would you get a booster for a virus that's no longer even in existence, right? I mean, it's mutated away from how those were designed in the first place. So, but it, to see the consequences of shortening telomeres, of increasing epigenetic ages, DNA methylation ages that occur and increased inflammation that occurs when people you get COVID. And this is I'm even some months later. You sometimes yeah. when you say things that may be a little bit new to my audience, like when we talk okay. about shortening telomeres, telomeres yeah. is one of those, you know, uh, markers for how well we're aging. That's right. Yeah. Telomeres on the end caps on your chromosomes that uh, every time a cell divides, they get a little bit shorter. And when you're conceived, you've got maybe, let's just, we'll just make this up a little bit, but let's say you have 15,000 base pairs, right? A base pair is basically one of the DNA nucleotides, right? And so we know that the nucleic acids make up DNA. There's four of them. And Every time that a cell divides, some of those are clipped off uh, in the in the replication process. And by the time you're born, let's say you have 10,000 base pairs. And then as you go through life, you know, different tissues are dividing at different rates. So your, your tissues are aging at different rates. And one of the most rapidly aging tissues is the immune system because it's, you know, doing a lot of cell divisions and it's responding to a lot of different insults. So we can measure the length of those those telomeres in the white blood cells. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, is are the ovaries like second to the immune system? That's a really interesting thing that you bring that up. So the ovaries actually age at two and a half times the rate of the rest of the body. And essentially the ovaries are the aging and the ovaries are a predictor for overall aging. So for women, the earlier they go through menopause, the shorter their life expectancy. So if you go through menopause in your 30s, late 30s, or early 40s, or late 40s, or early 50s, or mid 50s, or whatever, or some, you know, you know the bell-shaped curve better than I do, but the later that you go through menopause, the longer your life expectancy is statistically. And there's there are companies right now in development looking at particular peptides that are going through the FDA approval process right now to keep the ovaries young. Because if we can keep the ovaries young and people that, that struggle with uh, with their menstrual cycle may not want to hear this in a way, but there are ways to navigate that too, as you well know, mm -hmm. and improve that. But that being the case, if you can keep menstruating longer, it's good for your longevity. So uh, that's an interesting tissue also that ages more rapidly than the rest of the body. Now, I would ask, what if clients are on birth control pills and they were on birth control pills until the age of suspected menopause? And so they really don't know 
Mm-hmm. Well, that suppression of ovarian function, did that do them good or harm? I think it does them harm, quite honestly. I mean, I think it's when you're hijacking a hormonal system that's as intricate and complex as the ovary, it's, um, you know, there are lots of consequences to it. Many of the birth control pills, and you know this better than I do too, will really suppress testosterone levels. People end up with like almost like zero testosterone levels. Some of them have synthetic progesterones in them, which we know are, can be oncogenic or cancerous producing, right? Particularly for the breast and endometrium, et cetera. So you've got a lot of different issues that go on there. And, you know, the sexual revolution in the 60s really sort of came about with the advent of the birth control pill. That was a big driver per se. Women now had the freedom to not worry, quote unquote, about getting pregnant. But there are other health consequences, blood clotting consequences, um, you know, particularly for people that have blood clotting, genetic disorders, people that smoke, things like that. So there's a lot of downside to the birth control pill. I, I still don't think we probably have the best birth control methods out there that that we could have by a long shot. I don't know the data, though, quite honestly, on birth control use, number of years used and uh, average life expectancy. You know, those those pills just came out in the 60s. And so we we probably don't have, you know, how old would the people be? They might have been in their teens or 20s when they started taking them, maybe their 30s, right? So what was that, say, 65, you know, now we're coming up on 20. That's another, you know, those people are in their 80s. I don't think we really have enough information to know the full impact uh, of some of that kind of stuff. So, but I think it's a, uh, it's an interesting thing, you know, when you think about all the different things that hormones are important for, right? Bone mineral density, muscle mass, all the things that can decline with age. It's an interesting scenario. But but back to the but back to COVID for just a minute, you know, tell them, we're seeing that telomeres are getting shortened, which is a, a measure of biological age. We're also seeing that people may not or may not be familiar with the fact that your DNA has these uh, methyl groups. So it's a carbon with three hydrogen and the methyl groups get added to basically get added to the DNA to either uh, tell a gene to actually turn on and do something or to tell a gene to, to be quiet. And the pattern of those methyl groups on the DNA have been mapped across all mammalian species, horses, dogs, cats, rats, humans, gorillas, chimpanzees, every every mammal and they all tell a similar story that the DNA methylation patterns correlate very in a very linear fashion with chronological age. And so you can start to use those patterns to also give you another bit of insight into the age, the biological age of the person, and also the rate at which they're aging. So the clocks have been refined to be able to give us even more information. And so when you start to measure these clocks, one of the great things is people can actually start to answer the question, well, how old am I? Or how well am I aging, right? How well am I aging? And that's a piece of it. And then the other thing is you can see, okay, well, I was here. I just had COVID. I just got the flu. I just got a vaccine. I just got that. What did what impact did that have, right? And you can see what's happening there. And here's another interesting thing. When women become pregnant during the pregnancy they're aging at a faster rate and then after they've del- right and after they've right well there you go and then so are the men uh, but anyway <laughs> but but after the child is born they start to recover that aging uh, they can actually go back and regain those years so aging is not a linear process we can talk about this in more detail but it actually goes in fits and spurts and it actually can go backwards and frontwards depending on what's happening 
So yeah, no, I think that it's powerful information. And if you want to share your slides, I would love that. I've seen Dr. Gladden present. He is just amazing, amazing, and so intelligent. And then also with the clinical experience, what you're seeing in your own a longevity practice and what you've been seeing for years and as far as trends and then how how COVID kind of put some breaks on or, or set people back and what you've done to overcome that with your mm-hmm. patients is so powerful. So I definitely want you to share that for our listeners. If you're listening, wherever you're listening on Apple, Spotify, please join me in our YouTube channel. So at the Girlfriend Doctor on YouTube, so that you can also see these slides. Well, we're going to talk through this. So if you're listening, just keep listening. Here we go. Okay. So I'll, I'll just show you a few slides here. Um, we talked about this as we got on. I, I have a book coming out, 100 is the New 30, and the subtitle will be How Playing the Symphony of Longevity Will Enable Us to Live Young for a Lifetime. And I think it's really important that we understand that actually, you know, what is longevity? Longevity is an abstract term. Quite honestly, it means different things to different people. And you have a lot of people talking about, well, I want to live to be 100. I want to live to be 120. I want to be 156. I want to be 180, Dave Asprey. You know, I want to be 300, Peter Diamandis, and things like that. The point is those numbers, that they don't, nobody can relate to them, right? Right. And if you ever saw somebody that's 100 years old or 110, you see pictures of those folks and God bless them, they've made it that far. And some of them look good for their age, but it's not, it's not the picture of health that I'm going for, right? It's not really what I want. And so we've come to understand that that longevity is really about staying young for a long time. And so it's really about being youthful. And there's many things that go into being youthful, but we have a we have a primary misconception about aging. We think that aging is kind of a linear decline. And you heard me say a few minutes ago, it can go forward and fits and starts. But it's really not a linear thing. You know, we think every year, well, another birthday, I don't feel that much different. It's kind of a linear process. And we have a hard time projecting what we're going to be like in 10 years or 15 years. Like if I were to ask you, and what are you going to be like in 15 years? It's like, well, I don't know. I'll probably be about like I am, right? It's really hard to imagine that you wouldn't be about like you are. Mm-hmm. So we we can't even imagine what it's like, even though when we look around us, we see everybody else that's 15, 20 years older, dramatic changes, right? And so aging is actually an exponential process. It's actually one that goes down dramatically, and it's an accelerating process. And so the interesting thing is that Stanford did a nice study looking at the proteins that are released into the blood that correlate with aging. And this is a fascinating slide because youth really ends at age 26, So if you're wondering at what point did you start to get old, it was about age 26. Now you can accelerate that, right? Well, you can accelerate that if if you're a smoker and drinker. Yeah, it's it's terrible, right? But that's where youth really kind of ends. And and you can see that there's actually a pretty big slope between 26 and 34 in terms of the age, the the rate of aging that occurs. There's a lot of aging that goes on in your late 20s and through the first half of your 30s. And the rate slows down a little bit after that, but this is all cumulative. Of course, you're continuing to age across here. There's another increase in age, aging that occurs in your late 50s across 60, but then between 63 and 78. Oh my gosh, right? This is where you're really playing for keeps. This is where you really win or lose the game. And most people think that the game they're playing is a linear 
game. And so they have a linear strategy on how they're going to play the game. Oh, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to drink, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to sleep better. I'm going to manage my stress. I'm going to do all those things, take some supplements, and that will be my strategy. The problem is that's a linear, linear strategy for an exponential problem. And so what's really required is an exponential strategy. Well, the other thing on that. Um... Yeah. Is that true for both men and women or yes. with women going through menopause versus, you know, is it? Well, women are protected. Time? Women are protected, uh, you know, from heart disease and dementia and things like that while they're menstruating and they have an advantage and they age differently than men do. Mm -hmm. They age slower and yet it's still an exponential curve for them. It just runs a little bit different trajectory. And we also know that after menopause, women catch up to men in terms of heart disease. We know that heart disease is number one killer of women, right? I mean, we have breast cancer is important. All these things are important, but we know that heart disease kills more women by eight to one over breast cancer, right? So, and women are relatively protected from that while they're menstruating, but once they stop, they start to catch up. So, yeah. Interesting. There's another thing about this though, which is that if you're going to be staying youthful, Right. And if you if you have an aspiration for longevity or staying youthful or living a long time, well, why would you want to do that? Right. And the reason that I think for most of the people that I work with, it's because they want to make a bigger impact on the world. They want to impact their family, their friends, their communities, their churches, whomever they're involved with, their countries, the planet. They have a bigger sense of wanting to make an impact. And so this slide is showing that your impact goes up exponentially. Every decade of your life, you have more impact than you did in prior decades, right? And yet when the lines cross, when the exponential aging line comes down and it intersects with the rising exponential impact line, your impact may go up for a little bit longer, but then it craters, right? And so this is the thing that we all really dread um, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as involved people, it's you know, a feeling we, of purpose, right? It's, it's a feeling of purpose. Of purpose. That's right. Yeah, it's a sense of purpose. And the thing that we all dread is becoming irrelevant, right? Where we get to a point where people come visit us in a nursing home out of the kindness of their heart, but we're not really, apart from our immediate family, potentially, we're not really being able to make a contribution to people the way that we would want to, right? And so this is really the tragedy. This is the tragedy of aging, is that we're stripped of our ability to make an impact. And it's really a horrible thing that each of us is looking at, even though we live in denial of it, because as we look forward, it's like, well, that's happening to everybody around me, but I, I feel fine. It's not really going to happen to me. But in actual fact, you know, that's that's us deluding ourselves. So in our world, we're working to try to reverse that. So we have a program, an IRB approved trial called Life Raft. IRB is Institutional Review Board approved. So this is legitimate research. And our goal is to make ourselves 30 and stay 30. Because if we can stay, I know what it is to be young. I don't know what it is to be 120. I don't know what it is to be 100 or 110, but I know what it is to be young. And if I can stay young, right, and do that, then that's a great life for me. And if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, that's okay. I've had a great life. It's not about, I'm, I'm not afraid of dying. That's not what this is about. But it is about if I'm going to be alive, I want to be young so I can have a great impact and really enjoy life. And that's what we're really working towards. So mm -hmm. look at the difference here now in this next slide where 
if you stay 30, functionally 30 for your entire life, your impact continues to exponentially grow over those remaining decades. And it goes up way beyond anything you could imagine. So the time, attention, and resources that you put into staying young, right, come back to you a hundredfold. It's like the best investment you could ever make, ever, because your ability to, to impact the world, whether that's make more money, give away more money, uh, share your wisdom, share your insights, all of that will go up dramatically. So this is what I kind of wanted to show you. These few slides, I won't go through the entire presentation, but I just wanted to sort of set the stage for the fact that it's just super important to understand what game you're playing. It's not a linear game. It's an exponential game. And if you're going to win at an exponential game, you have to have an exponential strategy. And maybe I will show you a couple more slides. I'll skip ahead here because, well, I'll show you this slide. So really staying youthful is a currency of exponential impact is really the way I describe it. And then about it, too, as you're talking about this and we're thinking of, you know, currency as uh, youthfulness as the currency of impact. And I think, OK, well, you know, what, what's my reason for uh, living longer and healthier and investing in, you know, anti-aging or aging gracefully, as I like to say, or just really improving the quality of my health and resilience? It is to, number one, enjoy the relationships that I have mm -hmm. with my children, my grandchildren. Your great-grandchildren. Great-grandchildren, God willing. And also to make that, you know, to have that purpose-driven life. Like, what else can I create? What other solutions to make it easier for everyone else? Because we're paving the way. We've been trailblazing through, you know, some really rough terrain. in, And um, and we go against some of the conventional medical practices because we you know, are looking at how do we feel better, not just have better numbers, but feeling better and having the cognition to embrace what we've been working on or continue to create. And you never know. I'm so curious. I just so many adventures, right? There's so right. many adventures, so many things to to do and and live for. I want to see that. And I want to see that for my children. And if I can be there as long as possible to be part of that, but as healthy as possible. I think also when we start thinking of aging, especially if we've seen aging parents, is we don't want to be a burden on those. Yeah, no, that's right. And, you know, I think we've all been willing to take care of parents as they've aged. And, you know, that's not something that I would ever shy away from. And yet at the same time, it's really seeing the decline and also hearing from both my grandmother and my mother, Jeff, you don't want to get old. It's hell to get old over and over and over again. I don't really want to get old. I, I don't mind living a long time, but I want to stay young. Right. And so that's a key thing. So I think, you know, in my world, I think of medicine that there are really three types of medicine. There's symptom driven medicine, which is our traditional sick care system. And if I were to ask you, Anna, did you see a doctor today, apart from looking in the mirror, you'd say, no, I feel fine, right? No, why would I feel fine? So it's symptom-driven sick care that we have. Then you have root cause medicine, which is functional medicine, integrative medicine, things like this, where, well, let's get to the root cause of what's causing this. That's, that's wonderful. It's helpful. But it also doesn't really solve the problem with regards to longevity. And sitting beneath that is longevity medicine. Now, longevity medicine, the differentiator between it and functional medicine is that it's actually focused on the drivers of aging. What are the what are the biochemical processes in the body that are driving the aging process forward? 
even when you're sleeping well, even when you're exercising, even when you're, uh, you know, eating well, et cetera. So, and this is the kind of medicine that we practice at Glad and Longevity is longevity medicine. And in the process, we do root cause medicine and we take care of the symptoms, right? So we I think this is really the future of healthcare is to work from longevity up through the other strata is kind of how I think about it. Mm -hmm. And the steps to get there, you've created this multi-dimensional model that looks at longevity from many different, I would say the spokes on the wheel, right? There are many spokes on a wheel. We've got to look at all of them. We got to keep them all balanced and strong and, and well-functioning. So when you are dealing, when a patient comes to you and, and you, you know, talk about that a little bit, the types of patients that you see when they come to you, the, the key things that you address first. Well, it depends on the question that they're asking. So if the person is coming to us asking, make me 30 years old again, then there's a whole year-long process that we will put people through that can be very, very helpful. It involves them spending a week with us four or five times in the course of the year to really push the ball you know, forward for them. And depending on where they're starting, whether we can get them to 30 or not, we can make significant improvements and we can always go on into another year. The first thing that we would start with somebody that's asking that question, though, is to measure what is their age and more accurately, what are their ages? Because we all have a chronological age and people have heard, well, I had my biological age tested and I came out four years younger than my chronological age. It was based on some lab work I did and they ran it through an algorithm and and that's my biological age. Well, that's actually, it's actually great, but it's misleading to think that that's your only biological age. Um, you really have to measure a whole spectrum of ages to actually understand what is the mosaic of your ages. And when you understand the mosaic of your ages, you understand your heart age, your brain age, your kidney age, your telomeric age, your DNA methylation age, the status of your stem cells, your mitochondria, and all these kinds of things. When you start to measure all of those things, you start to realize that you're really only as young as your oldest age. And so what we would do is measure these things for people and then go after the low-hanging fruit of where are you at your oldest and how do we help you move forward from there, as well as moving the other things forward also, right? So that's that would be one question. Another question somebody could come to us and say, hey, I know you do a lot of regenerative medicine and a lot of things like this. You know, my shoulder's been bugging me. Can you fix my shoulder? Yes, we can fix oh your shoulder. Gosh. How did you know I was talking about my shoulder right before we started talking? Because okay. like it, you know, when you're in pain, you realize how much you use that body part and how it affects your That's right. in every moment. Otherwise, yep. we so take advantage of it. Uh, you know, we, yep. we really take it for granted. And I've That's been right. working out at a gym when I went to the Da Vinci 50, which is the longevity group that Dr. Right. Gladden and I are both part of. And I just want to see, you know, when you're exposed to those heavier weights, well, how heavy can I lift? Anyway, yep. not that heavy. Yep. Apparently. Not that heavy, apparently, at least not initially, not that heavy. But yeah, so we can answer that question too, or fix my brain. I had a concussion or I have brain fog or I can't, you know, think as clearly as I used to. Um, we can help people with that too. And then other people come to us with questions like, I had COVID, I have long-haul COVID. Can you get me out of long-haul COVID? Yes, we can get you out of long-haul COVID. We've done that over and over and over again. Or, you know, somebody has a heart issue, we can help them navigate that and, and help them tremendously there too. 
or now even cancer. We've always been very strong at preemptively diagnosing cancer because cancer is a problem when it's stage 2B or stage 3 or stage 4. It's not a big problem if you have a few cells and you know where they're coming from and you can go after them early. The problem with cancer is that it's always found too late. And that's the real problem, just like heart disease. If you're finding out about it while you're having your first heart attack, uh, that's a bad thing. But if you find out about it early, early, and you make the changes to actually address it, then it's a, it's a blessing to know about it early, right? So, so we've gotten good at cancer at various stages, quite honestly. We're doing some very innovative treatments around that. So people can come to us asking different questions. And in each case, we will start with really trying to understand the individual, understand their aspirations, their hurdles, and then build out a program that's appropriate for them to get from point A to point B where they want to go. And that's kind of how we think. So Yeah, no, and... And so what are some of the, like, when you look at this, say, for example, we're just want to age the best we can be. We're not dealing with any chronic medical condition at this time that we know of. Mm -hmm. And so you have someone that's coming in, let's say a couple, do you often see them as couples, husband, wife? Many times. Yeah, many times we do. That's so good. That's so important. It is good. Yeah, they support each other and they get on the same page. It's very, very helpful. Yeah. And what are some of the most common changes you recommend they make? I don't know if you... Well, I'll tell you this. Everybody that comes to us that doesn't have a chronic disease that wants to get better, they actually have something. You know, they have something. When we do their medical workups, something pops up, right? Maybe they have prediabetes and they didn't realize it based on the advanced testing that we're able to do. Or maybe we see that there are some issues with cognitive function that they weren't fully aware of or or whatever. So we find we find things that are going on, right, that are related to the aging process. Or maybe they've got short telomeres and they had no idea that they did. So when we when a couple comes to us and says, you know, let's optimize my future, really is what let's help us to stay young going forward. Well, we start with doing comprehensive testing. And everybody talks about their program does comprehensive testing. I can tell you that the testing we do supersedes anything I've ever seen. So we actually look at as many things as we can because you're only as young as your oldest age. So we don't want to leave something out and miss it. And and then from there, we'll basically address the things that need to be addressed. But usually we'll work with people a year at a time and if they're asking that question. And we'll start by taking things out for example, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what do I need to take? What supplement can I take? What this and that? And what we find many times is that we have our best success when we kind of clear the playing field of the things that are, you know, toxins in their body. You know, well, let's let's get the mercury out of the fillings in your teeth. Let's get you to a biological dentist so we can start to detox you, but we need to get those fillings out first. You know, so there, there are things that need to come out before we start putting things in, so to speak. Because many times, and you understand this just from the standpoint of biology, you know, if you have an ecosystem of biology and it's polluted with a bunch of stuff, it doesn't matter what good things you put in there. They're not going to have nearly the impact as if you clean it all up and then you actually put good things in there. So so that's part of the strategy. Yeah, detox first step, right? 
Exactly. You know, exactly. I was detox. So detox continuously in my life. Yeah. Detox, that's detox. right. Yeah. And and I agree. That's the biggest change to hormone hormone management. Of course, nutrition, lifestyle. You're very committed mm -hmm. to exercise. What is new on the frontier? Like in this regenerative medicine, we've got peptides. I want to ask you about semaglutide. We've got peptides, yep. semaglutide. You know, different things that are in the research modes, not not for you know the general public yet, but that are quite fascinating. Oh yeah, and we we have access to many things inside of our research protocols, right? That mm -hmm. most people can't get access to. So doing the things around getting healthy is not actually an exponential strategy. We think the exponential strategy begins also with getting your life energy and focus, your mindset, right? What age are you, right? If I wake up 27 every day, I think you know that. And I was born in 1954. I just had a, a birthday back in February, but I wake up okay. 27 every day. Thank you. I wake up 27 every day and it's such a game changer to wake up 27, right? And if I don't feel 27 on a given day, it's like, darn, I want to feel 27. I'm, I'm, what am, you know, what do I need to do to, to get to 27 again? It just changes everything because if you acquiesce to the aging process, well, I'm this age, so I should feel this way. And all these social cues that tell you that you're this age, right? That's a massive part of this. So, so we also work with people around their mindset. We work with people around anxiety and depression and PTSD. We find that many people don't feel loved. They're still beating themselves up. They don't feel safe. Most anxiety and depression, I think, most PTSD is related to trauma and people not feeling safe. And so when they get angry about something, if you dig underneath that, they don't feel safe about something, something that's making them not feel safe, right? And coming to the realization that nothing outside of us can ever make us feel safe, right? It doesn't matter how much money you have, where you live, what your house is, who you're married to, what school you went to, none of that matters, right? All of it can be taken away. So how do you fundamentally feel safe, right? And ultimately, we learn to love ourselves, right? We learn to scoop up our little selves, our little Anna's, our little Jeff's, and give them unconditional love. This is how we find love. No parent, no, no person ever got the unconditional love that they really needed from their parents, right? And I think it's our birthright. So, you know, these things around the life energy circle, like feeling safe and feeling loved, I call these inside jobs, basically, that, that we have to take care of. And ultimately, we find a way to make ourselves feel safe, right? And just like we scooped up our little selves and gave ourselves unconditional love, I think we can scoop up our little selves and give ourselves safety as well. And then for me, I feel safety based on the fact that I feel like, you know, I'm an eternal being. Right. And so whatever's happening ultimately is not really going to impact what's going on. And so there are ways in which we can find safety in the midst of all kinds of chaos. And I think that's really key because when you when you come to this place of spiritual alignment, a greater sense of purpose, what I call this energetic alignment with the universe, and you have a sense of a purpose and a sense of being worthy and a sense of feeling loved and being safe and having good relationships and these kinds of things, then all of a sudden that becomes really the foundation upon which great health and longevity is built because now you have purpose and now you're not destroying yourself with anxiety and depression and addictions and behaviors that are you know destructive to everything. So I think it has to start there. And so we put a lot of emphasis and effort into uh, working with people around these. So that's actually quite novel, I think, for a medical practice to go down that path. 
So that's one area that we do it. But then people are always interested in, well, what's the whiz-bang stuff that you're doing? Mm -hmm. so, right. so we're using plasmapheresis, right, to take out old. And then we're also adding back in young plasma now so that, you know, from a college student so that you can, you know, get young factors into your blood. There have been a number of studies that have been done to show that this can be extremely helpful. We have ways now to lengthen telomeres effectively. You know, my telomeres went from being five years older than my chronological age. Now I have an 80th percentile for a 30-year-old, right? And so, you know, I have a glycan age of 26. I have bone density that would be excellent for a 30-year-old. I have, you know, all these different markers. I'm all these different ages, right? And so none of them are the same. But what you're going for is, is generalized youthfulness across the board. And so we start with that, and then we use these other technologies like young plasma, plasmapheresis, a telomerase product that we have access to. We use uh, very small embryonic-like stem cells that you're very familiar with uh, that we can help rejuvenate parts with. These are stem cells that are circulating in your blood. They're endogenous to you. They, they don't yeah, come from a own stem cells. That's right. They don't come from a fetal source or a, pl a placenta or something. They're your own stem cells, and they have the ability to become any kind of tissue. So we can heal many things with those. And then we use lots of different peptides as, as are needed. These are little proteins that are signaling molecules that, unlike a drug, block a pathway. They actually set off a cascade of healing. So it's a completely different approach using peptides than it is using a drug. And we've had remarkable results combining these things together. Uh, we think using ozone, either in a sauna or ozonating people's blood, can be very helpful. We're doing some things with rebuilding people's brains now with brain frequency, where we can put magnets on someone's head and stimulate the neurons to regrow and build connections. We've had dramatic impact on anxiety, depression, things like this, optimizing cognitive ability. You know, and the reason that we are going down this pathway is that, you know, we're merely married to three questions. We have lots of technologies. We're not married to any of them. We're only married to the questions. One is how good can you be, which is really how globally good can your life be? The other one is how do you make 100 to new 30? Right? How do we actually do that? And the third is how do we live well beyond 120? You know, if we're going to live a long time, how do we do it well? How do we be young, vibrant, and to your word resilient, and I, the word I'll add to it is robustness. Those are two complementary terms. You know, how do we do it and be resilient and be robust, right? And so that's what really drives all of this for us. So yeah, I love it. And so with peptides, one peptide that's getting a lot of press recently is semaglutide. Can mm -hmm. you talk about that? And are you using that? What are your costs? Yeah, we are. So <clears throat> yeah, so it's there for weight loss, right? I mean, it basically is stimulating uh, decrease in appetite. Now, the problem with semaglutide is that, number one, not everybody can tolerate it. It can make you nauseous. Not, I've had some people that simply don't tolerate it. And we do use it in our practice. The other problem with it is how do you come off of it? Mm -hmm. Because it's been shown to increase something in the blood called leptin, uh, which means that you're developing leptin resistance. Mm -hmm. And leptin is basically the hormone that's secreted from the small intestine and fat cells that tells you when to stop eating. And so many people, as in many diets, when they stop doing whatever they're doing, they regain all their weight right. back. And so we have a strategy, we have a whole program to help people reset their leptin levels and reset their taste buds and reset their gut biome and reset all the different factors that cause issues so that as they do transition off of it, which is also what's important is to transition off of it, not to just stop it. 
people can actually maintain where they've got it. So we can use it as a jump start, not as a final solution. It's a jump start to a solution. And then we use this protocol that we've developed to transition people smoothly into success. And that's how we that's how we use it. But we, we think it's helpful. Yeah, because we've seen, you know, the current research shows the regain of weight. I mean, just as we've been in medicine for yeah. over 30 years, I've been 30 yeah. years, you've been a little longer. And, uh, you know, yeah. always with these, you know, weight loss is that issue. The rebound effect is sometimes, yep. you know, takes them to worse. a worse place than where That's they right. started, for sure. That's and right. Other health consequences. So it's interesting to see this leptin resistance. And there's a few things that certainly we know that can improve leptin sensitivity. For me, it's my whole keto green lifestyle and, mm -hmm. and really working with some key supplements and nutrition, some of the herbals like Mighty Maca Plus and stuff. Yep. And what is it? And and sleep, right? Like getting that good night, good quality. Yeah, sleep, sleep, exercise, and then also fasting and actually will lower leptin levels. And a five-day fast mimicking diet will lower exercise or will lower leptin levels. And now uh, I just had a call today with a new company that is devising products that can actually mimic fasting without having to fast. And so we're we're just getting our hands on this stuff now so that we can play with it. And I don't like to talk about stuff until I've used it and yeah. I can say that it's actually working. But we're excited about that, too, because uh, fasting or this particular product may also have the ability to just lower leptin levels and change people's appetite and increase satiety. Uh, it's a combination of several things. So. Uh, we think that that could be a nice transition tool as well. Yeah, when you get some experience with that too, yeah. we would definitely, I would definitely love to yeah. follow this up with a part two yeah. and talk more about that. I think there's there's so much and there's so much that can be done. And when it comes down to just what we're doing on a daily basis, tell me a day in the life of Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Gladden. What is, when you're in Dallas, not when you're in Puerto Rico, it's just not fair. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's, it's not that different, quite honestly. You know, I'm I'm in a really great, healthy relationship at this point in time. And so that's a wonderful thing. So to wake up with somebody and to spend some time together, right, sort of starting your day. And uh, there's affirmations, but there's also reflections. There's also some very sweet time. And I think, I think teeing up your day with, with affection and connection is just a beautiful way to start your that's day. Oxyplay. That's oxyplay. Oxy Absolutely. Yeah, it's oxyplay. Yeah. So that that would be a piece of it. And then I get up and I write in my journal. I have a little journal. It's a little five minute thing. I write down th three things that I'm grateful for, three things that I want to see happen today. Uh, and then I make some affirmations about how I'm going to show up in this particular day. And then at the end of the day, I'll fill in kind of some, you know, extraordinary things that happen throughout the day. So I'm kind of, I kind of go into my day expecting great things, right? And I sort of tee myself up in that mindset. And then the next thing that I do is I, I exercise and I mix it up. I don't do the same exercise every day. And I love to be outside. This morning, I'm in Puerto Rico. I ran this morning probably ran about three and a half to four miles and you come back and you're hot, right? It's not, it's not hot here now, but it's 82 or 83. So I go in the ocean and cool off and ride a couple waves. I'm a body surfer. And then I come back in and I shower and I, I start my day. And uh, so I give myself time in the morning. I don't allow people to schedule anything for me prior to 10 o'clock so that I can take a couple hours, you know, to actually focus on myself. Right. And I think this is really critical 
as professionals, you and I both, you know, we leveraged our health for the sake of our practice, building our practices, getting our educations, building our families, et cetera. But now, if I don't take care of me first, I won't be around to take care of everybody else. And so I really focus on myself and I don't feel guilty about that at all. I feel grateful, quite honestly, that I have the opportunity and I never beat myself up about, well, I, I I lifted more weight today than I did the other day or whatever. I never, it's only, I'm so grateful to be here today. This is such a gift, right? Such a gift. And so I mix it up running. I have an elliptigo. I like to mountain bike. I like to surf. I like to run. I have a, a Vasper, which is another piece of equipment. If you want to look it up online, V-A-S-P-E-R. So I mix these things into the day. Resistance training, I do that as well. Balance training, I'm a massive fan of balance training. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have boards that challenge me and challenge my nervous system. It wakes up your nervous system. It's really great for us. So after I do some fitness, then I start my day and I, I work on my book. I write, I research, uh, I do podcasts, and then I'll get on with some clients and talk with them and I do some other stuff. And then, you know, I finish the day again, kind of in, in relationship, I leave the office behind and I, I come back to relationship and it's a skill to develop for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't bring it with me. I've never had that problem. I can always just close a laptop and it's gone. That's and a gifting, I've... Jeffrey. That is a gifting. <laughs> yeah. No, I like it because it frees me up, right? It's, it's, it's like stepping through a portal into another existence of, oh, okay, let's see what's here, right? And so there's playfulness, there's joy, there's, you know, fun and creativity. And uh, and I like that. So my, my whole day is really, I consider myself an artist, and I consider myself a creative, and I consider myself uh, an entrepreneur. So to go through life, creating and and developing things. It's just a joy. So I, I've i have cultivated those activities into my life. So that's it. Yeah, no, I love it. And I appreciate you sharing that with us and mm -hmm. sharing your wisdom with our audience. Please let us know, you guys, uh, let our audience know where to find you and how to be notified when your book comes out. Yeah. So they can go to gladandlongevity.com and they can find us there. We have a podcast, Glad and Longevity podcast. If you go to Glad and Longevity podcast.com. Uh, we probably have 200 episodes there. You probably have more, but we do a, a show a week and um, many, many interesting topics uh, that are covered there. Uh, those are probably the two best ways to find us. So, and the I book, um, yeah, the book will be announced on the website and everything as it comes out for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. I know it's been a working process and I had a great interview on your podcast. So yeah, we enjoyed definitely it. Definitely go listen to that one. We hit a little bit more on oxytocin there. So it was that's really right. Nice. Yeah. And there's so much, right? We're continuing to learn and to grow and to watch and to um, develop. And when it comes down to it, it's like your day in your life, right? The optimizing the quality time, your presence. And then you know, biblically, it says, you know, we often, well, often we pray and ask for something, but when we're receiving, like to be able to be grateful for the blessings of the day, mm -hmm. to be yeah. able to reflect and, and be grateful for what this day has been. And I think that in and of itself is probably one of the, the best practices we can do. And that carries into all our relationships. Yep, so. absolutely. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for being on the show. And for our audience, wherever you're listening to The Girlfriend Doctor Show, please review us and your five-star reviews matter. I read every single one of them and I'm so grateful. That helps us rise to the ranks in our podcasting 
platforms and that makes us reach more people and be able to share this wisdom, cutting edge wisdom of our guests, our superstars, and to get more information to each and every one of you. So I thank you for being here. Please share this episode and let me know how you liked it. I love being your girlfriend, doctor. Till next time.